Hey, Richard, Dynasty listeners. Before we get to the show tonight, I want to remind everyone about trophysmack.com. Listen, trophysmack is the place for your rings, trophies, belts, you name it, they have it. The best in the business for a reason. Check out trophysmack. And when you do, add the championship ring to your cart. You're going to get that ring for free with our code RedShirts. Again, add a championship ring to your cart. And with the purchase of any trophy or belt, that ring is free. Check out trophysmack.com. Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back in to the show, to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. I am joined by the best beard in the industry and John Helmkamp, the best mustache oh, in the industry you. in Matt Okada. Boys, I feel like it's been forever since we all three have been on the mic together. It has only been a week, but I feel like so much has changed in that time, including yep. a meetup face-to-face between you two bozos, which I missed out on. I asked Okada about this. Uh, I asked, uh, you know, how is it just to meet John in person? Um, of course, he had nothing but bad things to say, obviously. Of course, uh, just that's kidding. true. Yep. John, I want to ask you the same thing. How was it meeting up with Okada in person the other the other weekend? Uh, yeah, it was a blast. It was um, it was really good to see Okada in his natural habitat in Southern California, just looking like a total bro. Um, really fits him well, by the way. But yeah, it was great. It was just a really good time. Um, got to hang out and just uh, have a couple drinks and sit around and talk football. There was another friend there that was uh, very interested in talking about football for basically the entire evening. So um, it, it was like podcasting in person. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was great. It was a good time. Um, also, uh, the pedigree of, uh, Matthew Okada is unparalleled. He apparently has dual bachelors from MIT, according to the sweater that he showed up with in when, uh, when hanging out with us. So, um, shout out to Kate and Michelle Majuk, our partners who bought that hook, line and sinker. <laughs> um, and totally believed us when we put that in the group did. text. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was glorious. So it was a really good time. Yeah, it was great to to hang out, and we got to get the three of us together here uh, at some point soon. We definitely do. I have to ask one question though: Did he wear his yoga pants or his? Joggers? Oh yeah, for sure. No, oh, he totally classic. did. Uh, I was actually required in advance yes. to do so. John said that if I didn't show up wearing them, I would be banned <laughs> from the gathering. Yeah, so. um, oh, he man, texted. And he's like, so should I dress like a functioning member of society? or?" And I was like, if you're not wearing uh, yoga pants, um, I'm not letting you in. And uh, he followed <laughs> through. So uh, good good looking at Okada on, uh, on following instructions. <laughs> classic Okada. Um, honestly, if you would have told me that Okada went to MIT and I just looked at his spreadsheets in Excel, I would believe you. This dude sure. behind the scenes, absolutely crushing the no production spreads. of the show, Woo. the video production, the Excel, uh, working on the, the projections, which are coming to Patreon any day now. And honestly, by the time you're listening, they Ooh. might be already up. We shall see, but those are, are coming very soon. Our rankings are on the site again through Patreon. That is on ballblastfootball.com. Check that out. And of course, be sure to find us on social media at RedshirtsFFPod. Okada is at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. And I am at the Fantasy PT. Fellas, no real news to get into tonight. We're going to skip that and get right into our segment. We're talking Dynasty and we're talking about players to sell if you are just blowing it up. Like if you've been a bottom three or four team for two or three years in a row, maybe you have two or three studs, but you just don't have enough to actually compete. You don't have enough depth to compete. We talked on uh, two shows ago about just dynasty strategy and, and being able to not be stuck in the middle. And if you're at the bottom, you got to go all in on the rebuild and really blow it up. These are the players we are selling before the season to really get that uh, max value and really kind of capitalize on rookie draft picks, all that kind of stuff. Fellas, any word of advice to the listeners in, in terms of um, strategy when you're trying to rebuild a team? Ooh, I got, very tough. I got one offhand there. Um, my first instinct would be please shop your players. Don't just talk with one person in your league. Um, Ooh, when, when you're good looking at, at blowing it up or, or selling, um, shop it around. Talk to multiple people. Get a feel. 
I can't tell you how many times I've seen a, a trade go down in a league where I'm going, I would have paid so much more for that player. Um, so it's great for me. I didn't apparently quote unquote overpay for what that person's willing to sell for. But if you're looking to sell and maximize your return, make sure you put it out there. You might have someone in your league that is just in love with the asset that you're trying to sell and is willing to give you a lot more than that one person you're in a DM with. Please shop it around and, and, and get the most value that you can. Uh, great one. I would also add, um, volume is very important. A lot of times you think, okay, I got to do this crazy re rebuild. I need a bunch of firsts and that's it. And, and I'll be fine if I can get a first, two firsts for the next three years. Listen, two firsts for the next three years is great. You're going to need those probably. But quantity plus quality is how to do a great rebuild. You need to stack up on seconds and even thirds. Get a bunch of picks and start throwing those at rookies. Because, first of all, a lot of the best players you're going to end up having in two or three years are going to come from the second and third round mm -hmm. out of the blue. Because that's how it works. We don't always know. And sometimes the first rounders are busts and the second rounders are incredible. George Kittle was not drafted in the first round of rookie draft. Brandon no. Ayuk and now he's the, the number one tight end in fantasy. Yeah. Mm, oh, I like what you're putting down <laughs> there, there John. There you go. Um, yeah, so don't be afraid to... I mean, obviously, you do want to get those high picks wherever possible, sure. but don't be afraid to stock up on later picks and start dart-throwing those guys as much as possible to try to build up a solid core. Yeah, I've just piggybacking on Okada, I have one rebuild that I'm in right now where I have one first next year, but I have five seconds in, in that one league. Mm. So that's, I'm, yep. I'm loving that, uh, that quantity, you know, 50% of those are yep. probably going to end up hitting and, and, and really contributing to my roster. Yeah. And if you actually found a, a prospect and we'll talk all about this come January, February, March, April, uh, about, yep. um, a player that you might want to go up and get. And obviously you can use those seconds to package up and get a first, if there's a player that you're in love with, um, so yes, always acquire multiple assets if you can. I also like just going down a tier or two in a rebuild. You don't always have to just get rid of players for picks and just have, you know, scrubs right. on your roster. You can go from mm. a tier one running back to a tier three running back and grab more on top of it to kind of just get more, um, depth on the roster, so to speak. So a couple of different strategies mm -hmm. to do that. And we're going to talk about specific examples tonight. John, I'm going to kick over to you first. I feel like we always go to Okada first. So I'm going to switch it up. Hit me with your okay. first sell. So I'm wearing a, a Seahawks hat. I have my, my lovely banner behind me, uh, which is why this one is going to mm. surprise people because it is my boy, Russell Wilson. Um, oh. Russell Wilson is my first sell. I love Russ. We've talked about Say it. Ain't him. So. I know. We've talked about Russ a lot on this show. We love him. Um, I think the line that Okada said probably two, three months ago was if I had to pick one quarterback to finish like no higher than third and no lower than eighth in fantasy football, it's going to be Russell Wilson. He's going to fit right in there in that middle tier of the quarterback one, um, mostly uh, only because of the system that he operates in. Um, if he was in a better system that actually liked to air it out instead of run and gather information in the first half, um, he would be tearing it up <laughs> and he would be considered it. That, that's an actual quote. That is an actual quote from that team that they like to gather <laughs> information in the first half, like which is why Russ will go into halftime with four fantasy points and finish with 28. It's yep. it's insane. I don't get it. But here's the thing about Russell Wilson. Um, he's been in the league a while now. Um, he is already it feels like he's in my opinion, it still feels like he's a young guy, but he's already 31 years old. Um and quarterbacks, they've got a long time left. He's probably going to be very, very good for years to come. However, I'm very concerned about the Seahawks as an organization, as a franchise. I think that there is a very real chance after giving him a boatload of money, he was the highest paid NFL player before Patrick Mahomes got his bag or bags, plural. Um, or trucks. There's a very True. good chance. <laughs> trucks. Truckloads of money just backing up and dumping into his driveway. Um, there is a very real possibility this Seahawk team, I think, is is starting to swirl the drain. Uh, Bobby Wagner, their elite middle linebackers, getting up there. They basically haven't done anything since striking gold in consecutive drafts in 2012 and 2013. Since then, their drafts have all been very suspect. Their free agency signings have been suspect. 
their offensive line is not very good. Um, I don't like it at all. Um, I really think that there's a chance that this is going to end up blowing up in the next couple years, which is why I think that as a dynasty asset, he might not be great for the long run. He might only have a few years left before this team is, is suddenly looking at, you know, a 4-12 season. So I would say capitalize while he's at the ceiling because there's a very good chance that that ceiling comes lower in a couple years. So that's that's why I got Russell Wilson at the top. And again, it's not just sell him for, for garbage. He's an elite uh, quarterback for fantasy football, especially in Superflex. But you can get a truckload for him if you can get him in return for a younger quarterback and you're in a complete rebuild. Like, if your team is Russell Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, and nothing else, like, you're wanting to get rid of these players to maximize your return to be able to, to not just be stuck in the middle. If I can get, like, Josh Allen or Daniel Jones plus picks in response, then I'm more than happy to do that for Russell Wilson at this point in his career if I'm in a complete rebuild. Whew. That was quite a lot <laughs> of saddening information. Yes. About Russell Wilson. It's true. It's very true. Um, so here's the thing. Russell Wilson is a top-end veteran who you absolutely know is going to produce. Which means he's going to sell for a lot, which is nice. It's going to be a big haul. Having said that, I also feel very confident that he's going to captain my dynasty team even in three years when the rebuild of my dynasty team is done. Unless somehow this fall apart of the Seahawks team that John is talking about does also create a fall apart of Russell Wilson and his offense. Which, with their two young receivers... I mean, I don't expect them to be very good necessarily. I don't expect them to win the division again anytime soon. But I don't know how much that affects the offense necessarily. Bets? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, on the surface, this sounds... It sounds logical. I mean, I just will never bet against Russell Wilson being a producing fantasy football quarterback, at least in the near future. And we talk about it all the time for us just being uh, two to three year dynasty players. I agree. Like if you can get a haul for us in Inter Superflex and you are a full rebuild, do it. But you could also become a contender in two years and be like, man, I need a Russell Wilson on my roster. Right. So um, hmm. I'm kind of stuck in the middle on this, you know, like whether I'd be like super into selling or keeping him. Obviously, it depends on value. It depends on your league. And if there's someone willing to be like, I need this quarterback to complete my championship run then yeah, sell them for max value. I think that makes sense. But man, I'll never bet against Russ. I think I think to Betts' point at the, at the opener where you're sometimes looking for players, maybe you go a tier down, yeah. you get a player and some picks. With Russell, I think I would need to get a player who I feel decent about so that I have a little bit of security coming back with my Russell Wilson sale. Right. Like I want to get those picks for the upside, but I want to get a little bit of security because of how secure Russell is mm -hmm. and what I'm losing there. So as long as the haul is right, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sell him just for picks. I, I don't like that whatsoever. Um, but if I can, yeah. if I can slide down to a Josh Allen whose rushing ability is going to keep him firmly in the quarterback one conversation. Is what Russell used to have. Yeah, and then Russell got really, really good at throwing the football um, because he works like a madman. So I would be fine with, with sliding down and still having a quarterback one that there might be question marks around that isn't quite as valuable as a Russell Wilson is um, and being able to get, you know, plus for it. You could even get two players in return. You can get like a a Josh Allen and then like a running back two plus maybe like a second next year for like a Russell Wilson or something along those lines. There's ways to do it where you're filling out your team's, you know, depth and giving you more assets moving forward that, that I wouldn't hate. But yes, uh, Russell Wilson is very, very good. Do not just sell him for anything. Uh, but I think it is a conversation worth having. All right, Okada, over to you, man. Who are you trading away if you're blowing it up? All right. Um, I will start it off with a running back. I have one at each position, but I'm going to start off with a running back. And here's another part of the tip uh, tip list that you asked about at the beginning. I think that the common thought is I need to sell a guy right before he loses his value. Here's a problem. 
Dynasty players know fantasy too well these days. The players playing Dynasty in your leagues are not the work league redraft players that we played with 10 years ago who draft based off the colors of the team and what city they live in. These are people who know the NFL, they know the players, they know the teams, they know what's happening. And what that means for me is that a lot of times I need to sell one year in advance. I need to do the Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is renowned for doing this. He will sell a player when they've still got a good year left because he knows that that the other team knows that that player is still good. But Bill knows that one year after that, they're going to lose their value. So he capitalizes on that value while still allowing the other team to be smart. My first player is Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram has another year left as a very good RB2. I think he's going to be really solid in 2020. I think he's going to be a lock every week in your lineup. Super reliable, great redraft value right now where he's going. Great offense, great quarterback. It's going to be solid. After 2020, and maybe even by the end of 2020, J.K. Dobbins is going to take that job. He is too good, and Mark Ingram is too old. He's 30. He'll be 31. He's getting up there, especially for a running back. He's technically even already past the running back prime age, as Betts will tell you. I think he's still playing at a very high level, partially because he never really had the full workload, uh, workhorse-style role um, in his past with the Saints and things like that. So, Mark Ingram, 2020, is a good play. But that doesn't help you if you're in a rebuild. Him being good in 2020 does not help you. And after next year, when J.K. Dobbins had a really strong end to 2020, all the other dynasty teams in your league are not going to buy Mark Ingram at the price that you can sell him for now because they they also know that J.K. Dobbins is about to take over. So sell him now. You lose out on a good year that wouldn't have helped you anyways. That other team gets their great RB2 for this run that they need to win a championship. And you get a big haul and you feel good about it. So I like Mark Ingram for now but I'm selling him in Dynasty if I'm rebuilding. This is the perfect one to look at the rosters in your league and look and say, okay, these seven or eight teams are probably going to go for it. I'm going to go talk to them and see who's willing to pay the most for him because, yes, I agree, the bottom is going to fall out very soon at the end of this year. It's J.K. Dobbins' backfield, no doubt about it, with the draft capital, with the fit in Baltimore, with the scheme. I mean, everything we talk about. Yeah. I like I like Ingram again, like you said, for this year, but, yeah, if you don't trade him now or at least like in the first month of the season – you're going to lose out and you'll just have a, a basically a worthless asset on your roster that you cannot sell for anything. So yes, do it now before it's too late. All right. On to yeah, in the, uh, good. I was just going to say in the, in the, in the words of Mark Ingram, I'm about that. Come see me. <laughs> Big trust. Big trust. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, no, it makes sense. It's, it's good. Um, I think that there is a little bit of hesitation around Mark Ingram right now because of the J.K. Dobbins presence. There's some people out there that fully think, yeah, no, this is still Mark Ingram for a year. There's people that are like, this is going to be 50-50 from day one. It's not going to be. So if you are having a hard time selling him right now, selling him after week one, week two might be a really good play when he comes out and gets a very full workload early in the season and the rest of the league goes, oh, wow. Uh, Mark Ingram just had 18 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's going to be a reliable weekly fixture throughout the course of the season. It might be a good time to sell him then. Alrighty, my uh, next sell. I'm going to keep it with the Ravens, guys. If you are in a full Ooh. rebuild, you have to try to sell Lamar Jackson, and that sounds so ridiculous oh. because he is young. Ooh, he is the new hotness. Buddy. He was last year's quarterback one by a mile. Listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. He is a fantastic fantasy option, and he's young. So in Dynasty, you would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'll I'll hold him, and I'll wait 10 years, and and he's my quarterback. No, you can sell Lamar Jackson for Kyler Murray and a first, or Kyler Murray and maybe a first and a second, or Josh Allen and two firsts and a second, or whatever combination you want to come up with. Go down a tier or two and keep your team just as good or maybe a little worse for this year with Lamar Jackson's rushing upside, but get those extra assets. And, and I'm not saying he's not going to be good. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I just don't think his value will ever in dynasty be what it is today, this season mm. before the season starts, because what he did last year was insane guys. The Ravens threw the ball the least amount in the entire NFL 
Lamar Jackson led the league in touchdown passes. I mean, that will not happen ever again. You have to get max value. And if you're blowing it up and he's your only real you know, stud on your team, you're going to get a, a haul back for Lamar Jackson. What are you guys' thoughts here on selling him in Dynasty? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to add another rule to the list, we're just building up a little list of rules and tips here for you. Here's one. If a player wins MVP and sets a record that has been held for a decade or more, sell, 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 sell them. <laughs> yes, that's just how it works. Yep. This play, Lamar Jackson, is going to be a great quarterback for the NFL for many years. Mm-hmm. Probably not as many years, by the way, as a lot of other great quarterbacks, Agreed. just because of his playing style. But still, many many more years. He may win another MVP, although honestly, odds are small. He may go on to win a Super Bowl at some point. He will probably set the all-time rushing record if he stays healthy Mm -hmm. for a decade. But he is not going to throw 30-plus touchdowns and rush for 1,200-plus yards again ever. Nor probably is any quarterback ever. It was insane what he did last year, and you cannot expect that moving forward. He is going to regress in almost every category and still be good, still be a top-three quarterback. But right now, to Betts' point, and this is another key— you sell at the highest value. His value right now is higher than it ever will be again, which means this is the best time to sell in his entire career. I agree with that assessment completely. The fact that he set the record for rushing yards and had a touchdown percentage of like 9.7, if I remember offhand, absurd. Something like obscene. Yeah. D- double, double what you expect from a quarterback, basically. Just absolutely absurd. Um, that that's not that's not a recipe for sustainable production. Like we've talked about on the show, there's a very real possibility that uh, defensive coordinators, the second that this season ended, started going, okay, how do we stop running quarterbacks? And just went right into mm-hmm. that phase of figuring this out. What are we going to game plan? How are we going to scheme? Especially the AFC North and the rest of the AFC for that matter. What are we going to do to slow down Lamar Jackson? It was probably one of the top bullet points on the list for every defensive coordinator in the NFL. These coaches are smart. They will figure out a way to slow it down. They're not going to take it away completely. He's going to be a really good running quarterback as long as he's healthy. But 1,200 plus yards is absurd. There's a very real possibility that that slides four to 500 yards down this coming season, especially with another running back Easily. into the mix with J.K. Dobbins. It's entirely possible that that comes way down. His touchdown percentage comes way down. He's still a very valuable quarterback, but probably never as much as he is right now. Now, my only concern is his value might almost be too high to sell. Like, he might be too expensive for people to be willing to give up that just absolute haul that it would take for it to actually equate to the production that we saw out of him, just like what we see out of CMC right now. Like, traits for CMC right now are very few and far between, and if they do happen, it's astronomical. There's not a lot of people that, like, have the cojones to show up to the trade table with that haul for one player. So his value might almost be too high to sell. Like, you might not get offers by putting Lamar Jackson on the on the table. Because I think people might know that his value is going to come down a little bit. I I think a lot of that comes from the fact that people are so afraid and unwilling to sell a player after they're the number one at their position. And th- this is just a fallacy that needs to be addressed. I actually tweeted about it uh, with CMC in particular, mm-hmm. John. Um, guys do not repeat no, at the one spot. Running backs haven't done it since 2002 to 2003. Hold on, hold Jamal, on, Charles, on. Tra- Jamal Charles did it. Oh, it was Jamal Charles? Dang, I was going to guess. Yes, okay. sorry. Uh, <laughs> you don't get to guess. You would have guessed um, Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was a top two guy over and over again over the last decade, but back-to-back ones, even, even for him, was rare. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to throw something out there, and it's going to sound absolutely insane, but if you take a step back and just look at the real expectations for what a quarterback is going to do after they do what Lamar Jackson did last year, I don't think it's that insane. I do not think it would be even that shocking, let alone out of the realm of possibility, if Josh Allen is a better dynasty quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I buy it. I buy that that is a huh. possibility. I don't buy it that that is likely, especially because you just I'm not, yeah, saw I'm not what saying happened. I bet on it. But Josh Allen was a quarterback Correct. six without Stephon Diggs. Yes. They just added Stephon Diggs, yes. a phenomenal deep ball receiver. Josh Allen throws a fantastic <sighs> deep ball. 
it's in the realm of possibility. Now, I'm not sure that I would ever put money on it, but yes, that, that's possible. Wasn't Lamar like top six in completion percentage in the NFL? Six Dude, or he eight. was top five he in every good, yes. category possible. He was t- yes, he was, was top ridiculous. everything pretty much. So Unreal. even if that touchdown percentage comes down, even if the rushing numbers come down, you know, his pass attempts are very, very low, but he's very efficient with what they ask him to do. They're not asking him to sit back there and be a pocket passer and read defenses and, and thread needles. They are getting him easy throws, designed misdirections, players in space, dump offs, tight ends up the seam on play action, like more high probably. They're they're giving him layups instead of asking him to shoot three pointers. And and I think that that does help him be more sustainable in the long term for what he can do from a fantasy perspective. Josh Allen is kind of, I mean... YOLO. I, I, I keep... Dr- I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's, it's prime Cam Newton, like, without the rushing touchdown upside of, of prime Cam Newton. It's just, I'm going to just chuck the ball into any window what that I mean? see. he's got plenty of touchdown upside. It's there, but it's not like 11 or whatever Cam's uh, high watermark was. Be. I don't know that he's got that in him. Um, Dude, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That, but I, I love me some Josh Allen. I'm not hating on the guy, but... Regularity in the first couple seasons here. Um, one of the top yeah, three quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns in the past two years. So it's possible. But listen, guys, like I agree with yeah. what both of you are saying. The reason Lamar can potentially sustain, not what he's doing, but at a high level, is that yeah. the Ravens are a smart organization and the coaching staff there is fantastic. They know Very, how yep. to run the ball. They know how to set up play action. They know how to put players in position to succeed. Other offenses do not. So, yes, that's a great point with the easy completions and the, the highly efficient routes and, and all that sort of stuff totally agree 100 yeah. percent. okada i'm kicking back to you man number two who you selling all righty this one is a tough one because he has been one of the best most consistent wide receivers in the nfl since he entered the league it is mike evans of the tampa bay buccaneers this is crazy talk i'm just gonna say it about myself yep. okay because he has been so good. Let's just run through the yards, shall we? Yep. All right. He's played six seasons. Here are his numbers. 1,051, 1,200, 1,300, 1,000, 1,500, That is incredible. And he has had a decent amount of touchdowns, usually between, well, last couple of years been around eight. He had a couple of seasons of 12 back in the beginning. It's been solid. I would say he averages about eight or nine, which is great, especially with that yardage. He is incredible. He is consistent. It has been great. Here is the problem. Everything is changing. Yep. We are going from a Jameis Winston, perfect fit for Mike Evans, chuck the ball up, throw it all the time so that he can get a super nice target count and score a lot of touchdowns because all that they want to do is throw the ball. Now we have a Tom Brady-led Buccaneers team for at least the next couple years, and then we don't know what happens after that. We have a Bruce Arians-led offense, which, while it did produce a good season for Evans last year, I don't know if it's going to be... Well, let me put it this way. I think the team is going to be better. And with the team being better, it, it hurts the value for the receivers and even the quarterback because there's not as much need to, th- to throw. Chris Godwin is on the rise. He had a huge breakout season, and now he, I think he's entrenched as the one, whereas last year he at least entered in a sort of conversation as the 1B at best. Now he's, I think, the clear 1A. I don't think Brady's arm fits Evans the way that Winston's did. I don't think that the scheme will fit with Brady at the helm, uh, Evans' skill set, as well as it did for Winston. And here's the main issue. Mike Evans is still going as a top seven or eight dynasty receiver. I don't want him at that price. Is he still a wide receiver one in dynasty? Maybe fringe. fringe. I would easily say top 15. But if you're going as in the six to eight range, that's the guy that I want to sell. If that's his startup price, that means his trade value is going to be higher for me than what, than what I would be willing to pay, which means that I want to get paid that amount. <laughs> so... Again, great player, great talent. He's going to be good. I th- I still think he'll be a very good wide receiver, too, for probably a couple more years. But right now, if I can sell him as a mid-range wide receiver, one, with my expectation being a wide receiver, two, for a couple years, and then maybe less than that after, who knows, I'm doing it now. So, 
Is this the first year in Mike Evans' career that he doesn't top a thousand yards? No, no. I still think he does. I think still think he gets a thousand. Yeah, I still think he does it. I still think he gets six to seven touchdowns and is very solid. I don't know. I don't know that there's going to be enough meat on the bone for for him and Godwin both top a thousand. I think that there's a really good possibility that he falls short of that because this isn't throw for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions like YOLO Jameis last season. Um, This is going to be more of a like 42 to 4,400 yard season from Tom Brady with like maybe 25 touchdowns. And obviously he's not going to turn the ball over nearly as much as Jameis. That's that's going to fit much better with what Bruce Arians wants to do. He loves a veteran quarterback that makes good decisions, which is why Jameis Winston is no longer there. Tom Brady is going to control the game and put them in positions to win, and it's going to be better for them as a franchise for this year and the year after, potentially, than what Jameis did. But it's not going to be that fantasy mecca that it's been over the last couple years. You had two wide receiver ones on the same team with Jameis Winston at the helm. That's not happening. I think Chris Godwin's a really good bet to finish in there in the in the mid to high uh, wide receiver one range, but I don't see Mike Evans having enough left uh, for him to produce at that level. I, I think that there's a really good chance that he falls short of 1,000 yards. He could still put up six touchdowns, I, I think that happens, and he could be a valuable wide receiver too, but I'm completely with you. I, I'm out at the price that he's currently going at. Um, I'd be selling that all day. This offseason, in March, fellas, I traded Mike Evans for Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Ooh. and a 2021 Ooh. first. I was doing oh. backflips. I was so excited. Wow, wow, wow. So That's in. so juicy. Uh, I don't think people understand what those extra possessions do for an offense when you have turnovers like Jameis Winston had. Pick sixes. I mean, that's what? Two or three receptions? Maybe an extra 30 to 50 yards? Maybe a score? Like, that matters Mm -hmm. so, so much in in today's game, uh, the game flow. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think the ceiling comes down so far with Tom Brady the way, uh, not the way that it was with Jameis Winston. So, I like that call. If you can get that value, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'll put it this way. I think that Terry McLaurin finishes higher than Mike Evans in fantasy in 2020. Straight up this season. I think that I Terry McLaurin finishes I do not hate that Evans. at all. Yep. Yep. I'm fully I in on that. I can see that. Definitely. Um, in my projections, fellas, and this might be biased, Terry McLaurin came in at <laughs> wide receiver 12. Now, I did not yeah. rank him as such because there is some mm. risk between Haskins, but I'm just saying, uh, you know how much I love that guy. All right. Over mm-hmm. to yep. John, your second sell. Who you got? Another good rule of thumb (laughs) when blowing things up and selling um, is to sell when the buzz is super high. When when it's all the chatter, when it's all anyone's been talking about all offseason, the the price goes up and and it's a really good time to part with it. Um, I'm talking about a running back that is 26 and a half years old. Um, he went to a new team last 26 season, and 26 and a half, went to a new season last year. Just had year. his half birthday. Just had his half birthday. Happy half birthday. Um, went to a new team last, last year, produced incredibly well down the stretch. We all love him. He is on the franchise tag though, meaning his future is very, very uncertain. I'm talking about Kenyon Drake, mm. who has been everyone's buzz this entire off season in the dynasty community. He's all over Twitter. We all love him and we have him ranked very, very highly for this year. I think there's a pretty good chance, actually a very good chance, that he finishes as an RB1 in 2020. But I don't know what is going to happen with him after that. I don't know if the Cardinals are going to pay up to keep him or draft his replacement next year or if he's going to move on to another situation at 27 years old where he's not in a lead back category I have no idea what beyond 2020 looks like so if I'm in a full-on rebuild and I'm not competing in 2020 and I don't know how he's going to help me in 2021 I don't want it it's time to move it's time time to be gone all he's going to do is help me finish closer to the middle of the pack this year instead of lower where I can get a higher first-round draft pick in the 2021 rookie class. So I think it's a great time in a full-on rebuild 
to move away from any player that you don't think is going to be potentially in a great situation two to three years from now when you're back to the point where you're looking to compete. So Kenyon Drake is that kind of running back for me where if you're two years away from competing, you're expecting him to contribute highly to your team at 28, 29 years old and you don't know what team he's going to be on. I'm out in Dynasty at that point. It's time to move him. That's, I think you might be a little higher on Drake than I am. So I want to hear your feedback. Yeah, for, on this. for me, this is, this makes complete sense. I mean, there is not a more, I think volatile is a good word, third round startup pick right now than Kenyon Drake. I mean, I just can't mm. imagine starting my draft right. unless I'm like full on, like I'm going in, I'm going to win this year type of startup draft that I would ever consider Kenyon Drake in the third round. It, it makes no sense to me given. Uh, the fact that, you know, the contract isn't great. Obviously, he's on the tag, and they're, they're probably going to sign him again, but maybe not. And we really haven't seen him, outside of half of a season, sustain an entire year's like workhorse role. So I'm not sure what Kenyon Drake's ceiling is. I'm very excited to find out in redraft leagues. But, man, in Dynasty, mm-hmm. same with Lamar Jackson. His value might not ever be as high as it is right now. And at the third round startup price you have to pay, yes, 10 out of 10 times, I will sell at that price. Yeah, so what I'm hearing here, guys, is that maybe you should be aware of contract situations by checking out Over the Cap and Spotrack, mm-hmm. which you would be doing if you listen to our Dynasty 101 episode where we talk about ago. big tips and tricks for being better at Dynasty. Get to know contract situations. They did not sign Kenyon Drake to a long-term deal. They may do so. And if you happen to hold on to him until that moment, that's probably even better potentially because in three years when you're ready to compete I still don't know how great I feel about Drake and it's probably not more than a three-year contract even when they do sign it'll him. be two like but, I don't think he gets yeah, three no way exactly but the the team that's competing for now is going to love that and feel like they're getting more than just a one-year rental which ups the price even more but even before that happens I agree he is a good sell for now because he's a great 2020 redraft pick if you look at your at our 2020 redraft rankings and then you look at our dynasty rankings and you see a large gap, those are the guys you want to sell, and that's the kind of guy you're looking at with Kenyon Drake. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Is just compare those redraft rankings, compare the dynasty. If there's a massive difference, there's a reason why, and you should definitely be thinking about that as an owner. Like, okay, why is it so different? And then look at all those reasons that we're laying out and, and do that for yourself too in your rosters. Uh, like that call out, Okada. Fellas, going to pause for a quick word from the sponsor of tonight's show. We haven't talked about tiny whiteboard workouts in a while, but uh, my good friend John Williams came to me and he said, hey, man, I have a new podcast. I want you guys to tell your listeners all about it. Guys, if you like our podcast, you're going to like the Tiny Whiteboard Workouts podcast, okay? This is a health and fitness podcast for the everyday athlete. It's co-hosted by John, who's the personal trainer and a strength and conditioning coach, Nate Garcia. They explore health and fitness topics such as learning how to run, how to fix injuries, which you know as a PT I like, and how to optimize your athletic performance on Monday, August 3rd. Mark your calendars. They're going to be releasing a special episode with Gary Reinald, who is known for uh, telling people why they should not ace their injuries ever. As a PT, Ooh. I'm going to be tuning in to check this out because Ooh, there's some new research that definitely. is intriguing about this. So, yes, check that out. Tiny Whiteboard Workouts Podcast. You can find it anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you listen to our podcast, they are there as well. All right, boys, this one that I'm going to bring... I feel like it's spicy. I felt like Lamar Jackson was spicy, but this one too, man. I'm selling Dalvin Cook if I'm blowing it up in my Dynasty League. Again, the upside is massive. He is a top five back in redraft leagues. He is going to be a workhorse. Check all those boxes. You want him in redraft, yes. Or do you? I, I wrote an article about players I'm not touching at their ADP with injuries. Spoiler alert, this is for the Patreons. Dalvin Cook was the, the, the poster child, the cover boy. Listen. That shoulder is a massive concern. We are talking about shoulder injuries going all the way back to high school, having his shoulder uh, have surgery on both sides, labral tear on each side, has surgery to repair to. What do you know in college? Another shoulder injury, another shoulder surgery. Last season, two additional shoulder surgeries, one on each, or I'm sorry, not surgeries, injuries, one on each side did not have surgery on those. And while one of those did not necessarily need it, the other one I'm kind of concerned about, and, and I think there's a huge risk with Dalvin Cook this year alone, but also looking at next year and in moving forward, 
there's a, a huge contract dispute between the Vikings and Dalvin Cook. They have Alexander Madison waiting in the wings, who's proven he is a pretty good running back. Now, I'm not saying right. Dalvin Cook isn't an elite running back in this league. He absolutely is. But you can get so much in your dynasty league for Dalvin Cook because people love what they saw last year from weeks 1 to 13 when he was an absolute stud, the RB2 in fantasy. And then what happened? The bottom fell out. He wasn't there when you needed him most. Playoff season, he was not there. I lost the championship because of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and I think in Dynasty, yep. the, the conversation needs to be there, right? Like, is he really ever going to be as good as he was last year? I'm not sure. Maybe not. He was fantastic. So I'm willing to find out what it, what it takes to get him off my roster. If someone wants him and they're willing to pay a lot to get him, I will definitely entertain an offer in my league. Yeah, John's pointing at me because he knows that I'm the guy that will do the buying. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, Betts, unless you tell me that you don't believe he's getting that contract, and I know for a fact you and John have been very confident he is getting that contract before the season rolls around, I don't know if I can buy this. Because if he gets that contract, unlike Kenyon Drake, who we expect to get a two-year, you know, maybe eight, nine million dollar deal, probably, maybe ten if they really I'd like him. I'd have to say nine to ten because they got to go above his tag price, which is eight right now. Sure. Dalvin Cook is not getting that kind of deal if they sign him. He's getting a four-year, $13, $14 million a year deal. This is a team that wants to run, that wants to revolve around a lead back. They are not revolving around Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins like the Cardinals are. They are going to pay him the money if they pay him. And I think as a consensus, we do think they're going to pay him. I can't, I don't know if I can sell out from under that right now, especially not before it happens because there's still, that is a, that is discounting his price right now. If we're going to do this, I would wait until he signs that because then at least you're getting the, oh my goodness, look at this elite RB1 for the next three, four years. But I also still think that probably is going to be him. And in two or three years when I'm ready to compete, he's still going to be a very, very strong talent. I've said vocally in the show, I think he's a top three running back in the NFL just by talent. And he's in a great situation as well. So this might be the first one I fully disagree with. Uh, I guess if you want to listen to bets and sell them, come find me in your dynasty <laughs> leagues and I'll probably buy them. John? This one's tough for me um, because I do love Dalvin Cook, the talent. I'm also not a physical therapist and don't have the medical uh, lens to look through like like Betts does which is why he's on our podcast and one of our partners and why when he talks about medicine, I listen. Um, True. So that is the only thing holding Dalvin Cook back, in my opinion, from being considered to be a unanimous elite running back prospect, or not even prospect, sorry, a running back talent, um, is the injury history because time and time again, he ends up pulling up short. He misses time. Last year, I'm still so bitter because I had the number one seed in a league rolling, absolutely cooking through, cooking. <laughs> ah. Didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> and uh, love it. <laughs> and then he and then he pulls up and he's hurt and he's out for the fantasy playoffs. Ended up losing to the four seed uh, without Dalvin Cook in there, and it ended up hurting really bad. So availability is the best skill set for a running back. Ooh. And if he's not available for you, or I'm concerned that he's not available, you bet that Minnesota's concerned that he's not available. So the longer this thing goes on, this contract dispute, this him saying I'm not showing up for, for team activities until I get the contract, which by the way, they're reported to show up next week. So we'll see how that's going. If he's actually mm. going to hold out from, from that camp, or if he is going to show up, that's going to be really telling. So I think that right now isn't the time to sell Dalvin Cook. I agree with the kind of analysis that he is a sell, but I agree with Okada because as soon as Derrick Henry got paid, uh, what, two weeks ago, whatever it was, Hmm. all of a sudden it's like, all right, locked and loaded, top tier running back, just came off the rushing crown. He's in. He's good for another three years or or whatever his contract was. Um, I think that you're going to have a similar reaction if and when Dalvin Cook does get paid, and that would be the time to sell it. By the way, this is one thing we haven't touched on yet in terms of the or in light of the COVID situation. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Contract holdouts. I was really concerned. Are going to be more dangerous than ever because Dalvin Cook, his options are. Show up to a weird training camp that is dangerous for his health in ways far beyond what normally they are right. uh, in terms of, oh, I could get injured with no contract. 
or hold out, stay safe, hang out with his family extra long, maybe six weeks into the season, and then finally get the Vikings to pay him, which they should do. So while I, I mean, I was always the tentative one on him getting signed before the season. I still would lean that way, but I, it's getting close to like 50-50 at this point. It's getting pretty dangerous. You're going to have to watch it. It really is. And the COVID thing is something to monitor. And right now we just don't have the answers because I, no. we're, we're all waiting for the league and the NFLPA right now to come to an agreement on everything. And a big part of that is contract structure. I haven't really dove in on the conversations that are taking place. I'm kind of just waiting for the final, this is what it's going to be. And then I'll like really look into it and see what's going on. But does this count as a qualifying year? If a player decides to mm. hold out because of COVID, are they contractually obligated then to play next season for the team? Mm-hmm. Or are they free to go in free agency? There's a lot of questions around this that the league is still ironing out. And right now as we're recording, it's July 21st. People are reporting to camp next week. Um, I think they've already proposed today that there's not going to be a preseason. I don't know if that got approved or yep. not. Did that did that end up getting completely approved? Yep. Yeah, did, yes. no preseason. So, I mean, undrafted free agents, rookies are going to have a hard time. It's just a weird off season, and we're just waiting on the league and the NFLPA to have like the final, okay, we've agreed, this is everything, this is how we're conducting business this year. And then we can kind of start thinking about the ramifications of that from a contractual standpoint, free agents, people deciding to opt out, what that's going to look like, and really start diving into that and try to help you guys navigate this as as best as we can when that ends up happening. Yeah. And I will say to Okada's point too, you know, like if he gets signed to that second contract, that does change some, some things in my mind, but it also tells me, you know what, the historical data about running backs producing on their second contract is not great. And so maybe you you file this one away and you're like, I'm close to competing. I don't know that I'm like really like maybe I'm like the fourth seed there or the the fourth worst seed. And like, I think I can come back next year and maybe make a run. Then fine. Hold Dalvin. But yeah, I mean, at that point, then I would be selling again. So for me, this is a team dependent decision. But for me, you have to be out at some point soon unless you are a contending team this year or next year. That's my opinion. Anyway, on Dalvin, that's enough. On him, let's go to a wide receiver. John, you're selling Mm. one of the best, maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. Tell people why. No, I'm not selling the best in the NFL because that would be Julio Jones, and I'm never selling Julio. Mm. Um, I'm selling (laughs) never never selling Julio. Um, Hey, real quick, back to the Dalvin Cook. Sell him for Jonathan Taylor in a first. Just saying. Um, Yes, please. I'd smash that. in a rebuild, yeah. So I am talking about a wide receiver that has just changed teams. Um, I'm talking Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, yes, absolutely. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Thirty thousand year old slot receiver Randall Cobb reunited back with Mike McCarthy uh. in Dallas. No, it's not. I'm talking about a very elite uh, wide receiver that just changed teams. He's in a new system. He Evan has Funches. more competition for targets. Stop it, you two. He's in a new system in a competition for targets um, in a weird offseason where he's not going to have an opportunity to get on the field with his quarterback and get on the same page early and often. I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins, who for so many reasons, I have red flags just going off in my head around this. The When he was in Houston, it was him and a bunch of injured wide receivers and that was it. He was the safety valve for Deshaun Watson when things would break down and he actually did feel like throwing instead of running. Um, he was the go-to for for everything. It was just throw it to DeAndre Hopkins and let him come down with the ball. He does not have that built-in chemistry with Kyler Murray yet. We love Kyler Murray. We're very excited about this Arizona offense. Kenyon Drake, another person that I just talked about previously, same team. But DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is going so incredibly high as an elite fantasy football wide receiver. We all talked about this with Odell Beckham Jr. last year going to Baker Mayfield, thinking it's just going to be nothing but sunshine and roses and everything's going to be great. And yes, Odell battled some injuries, and I know that that slowed down the season. I totally get that. But it takes time for wide receivers to adjust to a new team and a new quarterback and get on the same page, especially in this offseason where they're going to have such limited reps together before this season does end up kicking off, 
I'm very, very concerned about DeAndre Hopkins returning elite value, which is how he's going right now. To what Okada said earlier, if he's going higher than I want to take him in redraft, it's a really good time to sell somebody, and that's where I'm at with DeAndre Hopkins right now. Love him as a talent. Absolutely love the wide receiver. If I'm in a win-now team, I'm still keeping DeAndre Hopkins, or if I'm close, maybe in 2021, he'll be kind of back up in that elite echelon. I don't think it's happening this season. If you're not competing, I'd sell him for name value. Trade DeAndre Hopkins for DK Metcalf in a first or AJ Brown in a first or something along those lines. I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, I think that that's kind of the the play here with, with that quarterback. Man, I, <laughs> I don't hope know why that our listeners. I'm sorry, wide receiver. I hope that our listeners have not tuned out as a result of us telling them to sell all the best players in the NFL. <laughs> We're like, sell Lamar Jackson, sell Mike Evans. <laughs> Sell DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. They are they have been the best for long enough that they're going to stop being the best yep. sooner than later. Agreed. And I agree that the time has probably come for DeAndre Hopkins. Listen, I actually thought that I might like him even less this year than I ended up liking him after my projections were done. But even after that, I still have him as my wide receiver nine for 2020. And there are names after him, DJ Moore, A.J. Brown, Juju, Terry McLaurin. They could all finish above him. Yes, and in Dynasty, because of the age difference, they're they're going to jump him regardless. Like even though even though my my 2020 rankings are not quite there yet, they can do that this year and will do that in Dynasty and probably already are there in Dynasty. Meanwhile, he's ranked for most people in the top five. Of receivers, oftentimes the top three, depending on where you have Tyree Kill and Chris Godwin, usually in that mix with Hop. So he's incredible. He is a massive talent. He has a good quarterback. It is a good offense, I believe. But just from a price standpoint, it all boils down to that. What you can get for D Hop right now is better than what you're going to get in your fantasy lineup. So I like it, even though I hate it. Good call by John. Thank you. Appreciate it. You love to hate it. I mean, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it is a bummer because... You hate to love it, you love to hate what it. What he could be with Kyler, we just don't know. Uh, but the thing yeah. is with Deshaun Watson, I mean, you know, Bill O'Brien loves the run-run pass, right? First down run, second down run, third down Deshaun Watson, figure it out <laughs> for us. And every time it was De- DeAndre Hopkins, every time. And Kyler Murray is an absolute star in this league, going to be elite, what we saw last year was not a fluke. He was getting very good at spreading the ball around to multiple receivers, which for fantasy, maybe we don't like. But in real NFL, I mean, that is that is key. So, yes, I don't think the target share is there. I've got him projected for a 23% target share compared to his normal 29, 30, yep. 31. Absolutely ridiculous. His targets over the last, what, five years? We're going back oh, 2019 so all the way to so 2015. Insane. 150, 163, 174, 151. 192. I mean, come on. Unreal. So, yeah, I mean, that's coming down, and, and certainly the ceiling may not be the same as what it was. So if the if the value's there, I think it makes sense, especially in a, a team where you're just like, all right, I'm out this year. Let's see what happens next year. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Okada, back to you, man. Hit me with your last one. All right, well, it's very, very connected, so it actually works out great as a follow-up. It is DeAndre Hopkins' former quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Yes, that's right. A sell another player that's one of the best at his position. Here's the thing with Deshaun Watson. And I actually think he's going to drop in my 2020 rankings after a blurb that I just wrote for a Patreon article that's coming out very soon on ballblast.com or the ballblast Patreon, patreon.com slash ballblast for all you patrons. Talking about guys to fade in 2020. And for me, it's 2020 and potentially beyond for Deshaun Watson. And it's because of what John just talked about with what DeAndre Hopkins was to that offense. Absolutely insane. Best listed off the target numbers, but I looked a little bit deeper for this article at percentages of production. Listen to these numbers, okay? This is the this is the percentage of Deshaun Watson's production that Hopkins has accounted for in Watson's career. 32% of his targets, 33% of his completions, 34% of his yards, and 35% of his touchdowns. Over the last three seasons since Deshaun Watson entered the league, those percentages rank first, 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 
and second behind only Big Bannon and Antonio Brown in touchdowns. The amount of Deshaun Watson's value that is tied to DeAndre Hopkins is insane. By far the biggest of any hey, duo in the league do your, over the last Do your years. arm thing for me. <laughs> yeah. What about Will Fuller? <laughs> no. Get Will Fuller out of my face. Get Brandon Cooks out of my face. Get Randall Cobb out of my face. Get Kenny Stills out of my face. These are these are all wide receiver twos. Brandon Cooks is a fringe guy, but never going to be the elite. Uh, almost you could say bell cow, but from a wide receiver standpoint, that's what DeAndre Hopkins was. Every time that the play broke down, every time that it was, you know, Deshaun Watson getting chased, he was holding the ball extra long, which is why he gets sacked so often, and looking for DeAndre Hopkins. And because Hopkins is arguably the best, certainly one of the best receivers in the league, he managed to get open, and even if he wasn't, Deshaun Watson would just yep. chuck it at him, and his 20-foot wingspan and gigantic mitts would come down with the ball. That is all gone for Deshaun Watson starting at the week one of 2020, and it is going to hurt a lot. My current redraft rankings have him as QB 10. I think he might drop after this recent article. I think he's going to be outside my QB 1 range. He will be for me. I think it's going to hurt really, really bad. Granted, Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback, and I even wrote in the article, after 2020 is over and we've watched him suck it up for a year, quote-unquote, relatively speaking, go buy him in Dynasty. But right now, before 2020 starts, with how much everyone still believes in him, I'm selling him now, and then I'll go try to buy him back later if I can at a lower price. Because from week 1, 2020, to week 17, 2020, his price is going to drop a lot. Yeah, um, it is very, very concerning. I don't know what Bill O'Brien was smoking with that trade. I don't get it whatsoever. <laughs> he's He's got some Bill O'Brien magic juice that he drinks, <laughs> and it just sends him on a whole nother level. It's just uh, not great, Bob. Um, don't understand it. Don't get the trade whatsoever. But anyways... I, I mean, Deshaun Watson's got to just be absolutely furious. Like, really? You trade away my all-pro wide receiver one who is the only thing I have going in the passing game with a when I already have a terrible offensive line. Now it's going to be the play breaks down. Some defensive lineman is chasing Deshaun Watson. He slips out to the side and he goes like this and no one's there. Nope. So he's going to end up taking the sack or having to scurry out of bounds for four yards or, or whatever it is. It's not going to be good. Um, I'm very, very concerned about Deshaun Watson. He's being still so overhyped because of talent alone, and he is incredibly talented. Love him as a player. But without that supporting cast, without those receivers, you can only get so much out of nothing. And they really have nothing at wide receiver. Did nothing to address it in the draft other than late. They didn't go early on wide receiver, which you thought they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they better get a good target for Watson, but they didn't do it. They didn't even take a running back. I don't know what they're doing. Um, it makes no sense to me. I'm very confused and concerned about that offense as a whole. I'm probably not going to have any shares of any offensive player in the Houston offense at all in 2020. It's so tough because, like you said, Okada, I mean, Deshaun Watson is is fantastic, especially for fantasy. I mean, without Deshaun Watson there, that team is a three-win team. I mean, it's so, so bad. Him he and Russell Wilson, so like, much same, same yeah. thing. Like, he and He's Russ are exactly so the same much. that way. So, for me, if I'm selling, I need a lot to get him because I agree with everything you just said. In 2021 and beyond, he'll figure it out. They'll get him a weapon, hopefully. And he'll be able to sustain production. I also, I'm not quite as concerned because he just takes over games the way that we want from a fantasy quarterback. His rushing yard average is well north of six yards a carry when the team is losing. When the team is winning, he is around four yards per carry because he doesn't really take over, put the team on his back and go. And so for fantasy and for rushing upside, that matters a ton. Now, I agree with what you're saying. Losing to Andre Hopkins... I don't think we can talk about it enough. I mean, it's so, so important. So if you can get value, I'm okay with it. But I think I'm also okay being like, if I'm going to hold one or two like key cogs in my team in a super flex league, Deshaun Watson might be one of them. And just kind of let him come down a little bit and make my draft kit or draft uh, <laughs> draft pick better 
in the following rookie draft if your team is worse, if that makes sense at all. So uh, I like it. Mm. I'm I'm hesitant. I'll say that. All right. Can can we play a quick, oddly set up name game bet? Sure. All right. Here's here's what I want to do. You give Jamar Chase, LSU wide receiver, to these quarterbacks oh. next year. Do you want that said quarterback or Deshaun Watson? Assuming Deshaun Watson gets a no one super interesting. Baker Mayfield. Wait, Deshaun you're saying Watson. if Jamar Chase goes to Baker, would yes. I want Baker over Deshaun Watson? Yes. Baker. Deshaun Watson. What did you say, Betts? Okay, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Carson Wentz. Wentz. Deshaun Watson. Ooh, Betts. Okay, Betts is in. <laughs> no. All right. All right. I, mean, I just... I just trust him, you know, like he's like Russ, like it was so hard for me to sell Russ. It'd be so hard for me to sell Watson because I just think he's that type of player in this league. And you can I don't think we've seen the ceiling yet for him, really. But you need a Hopkins to get there. So it's kind of I'm stuck in the middle and it really is tough. But I think it's all about value and what you're going to get for him. I'm willing to find out, though. All right, fellas, they better I'm get close him a top show. five wide receiver. They better get him a top five wide receiver in the 2021 draft. That's all I gotta say. I mean, if they get if they get him, Chase, uh, I'm taking him over almost everybody. Oh yeah, to be give fair, him Chase that would be or a huge Rondell difference. Moore or one of those guys would be absolutely fantastic for him. But man, they gotta do it. Yeah, fellas, we're gonna close out the show on a, on a really sad note. I mean, the bottom is gonna fall out for Le'Veon Bell any day now. I mean, you look at we anything haven't seen you it. want. Anything you want. It's it's his production. It's the team. It's the offense. It's the coach. It's a bad off- offensive line who, yes, they invested in, but we're not going to see that this year, maybe next year, maybe 2022. Le'Veon Bell is not going to be there to get that offensive line help. I mean, the yards per touch over the course of his career is insane. He's got 6, 8.1, 5.2, 6.6, 6.2. And then it comes down to 5.9. And... You know, the Jets, man, I, I I don't get it. Your head coach is telling everyone he didn't want to sign you. There's writing on the wall with this. For me, Le'Veon Bell is no more than running back 20 ever again in his career. And if there's anyone in your league who still thinks he has top 15, hell, top 12 upside, I mean, you have to be out on Le'Veon Bell at this point. I mean, I don't even have to say much here because I've been calling for the end of Le'Veon Bell for multiple years now. We talked about a bets last year heading into last season, and he got his new team, and he got his new contract, and everybody was excited, and we said, no! Hell no! <laughs> yeah. Just like Absolutely that. Absolutely no interest. <laughs> yes. Get him out of here. Sing it, girl. I don't... I don't Listen, get whatever you can. I don't even care if it's a good deal. If you get a high second... Freaking do it, man. If you get a mid-second, maybe even. I am not interested in having Le'Veon Bell on a rebuild. Yep. Um, yeah, same. Moving on. Perfect. I, I got no, There's nothing <laughs> else to say. I hate that offense. I hate Adam Gase. Le'Veon Bell has always been an overrated running back on an elite offensive line when he was in Pittsburgh. He doesn't have it anymore. He showed, that he, showed that he cannot operate as an elite runner and create his own opportunities anymore maybe he had that a little bit in the early part of his career he doesn't have the legs left now um yeah it's it's not good that offense as a whole is going to be atrocious i would be shocked if he tops five touchdowns like maybe six maybe ceiling i don't think he sniffs a thousand scrimmage yards i just don't think he has it i don't think that offense does I think that they're in the top three pick again next year in 2021. It's going to be garbage in, uh, well, really New Jersey. It's just not going to be good for the, for the Justice here. I'm not in on Le'Veon Bell at all. Sell him for whatever. I'm with Okada. I don't, like, sometimes you just get sick of a player and you're like, you know what? I just don't want to look yes. at you on my roster anymore. I just want you <laughs> gone. I don't even care if I'm selling him uh. on sale at this point. I just I just want you gone. Give me David Montgomery straight up for Le'Veon Bell. Yes. Solo. Straight yes. up. David Montgomery. <laughs> All right. Well, on that positive note, um, <laughs> that's the show. <laughs> that is Rays of sunshine. Rays of sunshine. Dynasty podcast. Closing an eye with another fantastic episode. We're back next week. Until next time, be sure to follow Okada at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. I am at The Fantasy PT. Check out the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast for your redraft content. Uh, Kate and Michelle are crushing it as per usual. 
check out the the website. Kate redesigned it herself. Looks awesome. We also have t-shirts for Mm. sale. $20 free shipping. Um, Check those out there. Help support the site. Help us pay our writers. All that good stuff. We're back next week. Until next time, we're at the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.